just things for me. Hello, podcast legends. My name is Ben Greenwood. I am the off-road performance coach. This podcast is to share with you how we do things at Race Ready Off-Road Coaching. So if you want to be a beast on and off the dirt bike, you've certainly come to the right place. Today, we're going to talk about arm pump. I have done podcasts about arm pump in the past, but it's been a little while. Got a ton of new followers now. So hopefully we're getting a few new people listening to the podcast. So if you haven't been back and listened to some of the previous episodes, this one's going to be pretty short and sweet. We're not going to drag it out too long. Just give you some dot points of things you can work on. So I guess the the reason I thought of what this first come to mind uh, was Eli's post, Eli Tomac, the post they put out last week about him getting arm pump. He got a third place start. He didn't have a ton of pressure on him. Like he would have thought that he could have just rode it in not not even battled for the win, but just like sat in third place and and got a podium. But he dropped like a rock, like went back to 10th place. So he was struggling hard. Anyway, the team put out a post saying that the reason that happened is his shock setting was off and he pumped up. So whether that's true or not, who knows? Could have been something else. Might not have even been armed up. I don't know. Let's say it is true. <laughs> Someone like Eli has all the resource, all the resources in the world available at his fingertips. His like fitness is not an issue. His technique's pretty good on the dirt bike. Like all of these things that obviously are sort of red flags or low hanging fruit for arm pump. Like I don't think anyone could argue that he hasn't ticked those boxes. And even when it comes to something like a bike setting, a shock setting, suspension that can play a huge role in how we feel. He's got like an, um, an amazing amount of resources. He's on like the, one of the best factory teams in the world. So like it's, it's mind boggling to me to think that they could stuff that up and he could be not to the point, like not happy with the bike to the point that he like dropped massive amount of places. So I guess my point there is if that can happen to Eli when he's got all of those resources available to him, like basically unlimited resources, he's as fit as anyone out there doing it, more experienced than anyone out there doing it. So you would think that he would have a very high level of confidence when he gets to that start line. So us mere mortals that don't have all of those resources available, don't have the experience that he's got, like it's probably fair to say that a lot of those things might potentially affect us more, even more than they affect Eli. So it's also like arm pump is also just one of those most common things that people obviously struggle with. And it's what holds a lot of people back from not even, not honestly not even getting results but just like enjoying riding our dirt bike more. Like if your arms are blowing up every time you even ride or every time you go to a race or whatever it might be, you're not really going to get to enjoy riding your dirt bike as much as you could. And then like 
not to even mention the safety factor. Like if you have had arm pump, I'm sure you would know, like you're not going to be able to ride very safely. You've got to dial it back as Eli had to do in that race uh, because you just can't, like you can't push hard when your arms are like that. So you have to slow down and it can become unsafe. Like you could just blow your hands off the handlebars in a set of brake coming into brake and bumps and get thrown off the bike. And so it's a bad thing, right? So that's why I thought we would, I'd run through the arm pump stuff again. If you're on my email list, I sent out a little bit of an email last week about this. Um, honestly, and if you've been on my email list for quite some time, you'll know I've emailed about this quite a bit is that I truly believe that 95% of arm pump is mental. I say that because just like what happened to Eli, it's you can't say that it's 95% physical when the dude's one of the fittest dudes out there, got all the, all the resources available to him, still gets arm pump. I know, pe- I know of people who have gone and got the arm pump surgery. Like I'm willing to go on the record now and say, I reckon that arm pump surgery is an absolute crock. I know people who have gone and got that and within two weeks later, they're back to where they started. They're getting arm pump again. So I, I'm not saying that there's, there's not a physical component to it because there freaking is for sure. And we're going to go through all that, but though the physical component does not outweigh the mental component. You can have all of those boxes ticked, fitness, the bike setup, all of that stuff, just like Eli did, and the shit can hit the fan if you're not confident on race day, whatever from whatever that might be. So if that happens and we're not feeling confident on race day and that causes us to tense up and ride tight, pretty easy to overgrip the bars and get arm pump. So a lot of people are probably doing this without even knowing it, without even being aware of it. So number one is that arm pump is mental. So if you are, obviously this is for the people out here, out there that are listening to this, if you are suffering from chronic arm pump, I don't mean just getting it like once in a while when you didn't warm up properly or maybe it was a mud moto or something like, and it's fairly rare occurrence. But if you're like, I know there's people out there that literally get it every single time they ride or every single time they race or that classic saying is like, oh, I just always pump up in the first moto or the first sprint and then I'm good. So are you aware of your own beliefs around arm pump? Because if you have that belief, if you have that belief that you always pump up in the first moto, you just need to warm up, then guess what? That's probably what's going to happen. So, or like even worse than that, have the belief that I've tried fucking everything and I just can't get rid of it. Tried everything, can't get rid of it. Guess what? Probably not going to get rid of it. Have you really tried everything? Because most of the people that... I talk to that say that they're like, oh, but I haven't tried getting fit or I haven't tried going to the gym every day. So have you really tried everything? My point here is what is your belief around arm pump? Personally, my belief around arm pump is I don't get arm pump. 
I could count on one hand the times in my life that I have had arm pump. They are like basically never. So does that mean I'm never going to get it? Like maybe, but I'm not going to the track telling myself that I always pump up in the first moto. I just got to warm up. I'm not going to the track telling myself, fuck, I've tried everything. I can't get rid of it. I'm going to the track telling myself I never get arm pump. So guess what? That belief tends to play out when I go ride my dirt bike. I just don't get it. I don't get arm pump. So the point again is be aware of what your beliefs are around arm pump. And if they are sort of somewhat limiting or somewhat negative, then that is the biggest thing you need to work on is changing that belief. So how do we change that belief? (laughs) That's what we're going to get to. We need to give ourselves enough evidence to prove that that belief isn't true so we can believe the opposite of that. So you can believe that you don't get arm pump. That's what we want. That's where we want to get to. So how do we do that? We need to give ourselves enough evidence. So again, if you have tried everything but you still get arm pump, but you haven't tried going to the gym, well, guess what? You haven't tried everything and you haven't given yourself enough evidence to believe that you don't get arm pump. So when we have worked on all of these areas that we're about to go through, then, and it's not rocket science, like this stuff is simple, but it's just ticking the boxes on everything, then we should have, then it's not going to work in one week. It's like months, years, decades, like it's consistency. Then we have this belief because we've proven to ourselves that that is true. We want to give ourselves enough proof that like we can't even contemplate thinking that we're going to get arm pump. Like again, personally, that's where I'm at with my belief on arm pump because I've had years and years and years of not getting it. So that's, I've got all the proof in the world to, for that belief to be true. So how do we give ourselves enough evidence that that, that you do believe you never get arm pump? Number one, like straight up basics, this is going to be some tangible stuff that you guys can work on, is just getting stronger. So overall, full body strength and definitely don't leave out the upper body strength. Again, it's a massive myth out there that I see that people are afraid to train the upper body because it might cause arm pump or lead to excessive tension. It's just absolutely not true in my experience. Again, I've, I train my upper body a ton. I've got massive amount of grip strength. Many of my clients are the same. They're not ringing me up telling me that they're getting arm pump. So to think that what you do in the gym for two or three hours a week is going to outweigh what you do in the other 164 hours of your week, it's just not true. If you do have excessive tension in your upper body, it's most likely coming from what you are doing in the other 164 hours of your week, not the three hours you're spending training in the gym a week. So what I mean by that is, what do you do for a job? Maybe you're a tradie where you're using your grip a ton. Maybe you're stressed to the eyeballs, so you're like you're literally 
tense. So you're holding on to a ton of tension in your body. So there's a whole host of other things that contribute to holding muscular tension in our body than three, two or three hours of strength training in a gym each week. So when we're on our dirt bike, like, yes, when we've got good technique, we should be gripping the bike with our lower body, with our feet, our legs, our knees. But our feet aren't really attached to the bike. What's attached to the bike is our hands. Like our hands are wrapped around those handlebars. So if there is a weakness anywhere in our body, the most common place for, that, for what has to pick up the slack is our hands. If our riding technique is a little bit weak, if our lower body is a little bit weak, if our core is a little bit weak, what's going to take up the slack? What holds us onto the bike? Our freaking hands. So the stronger we can be, Overall, including our upper body, it just simply means that we don't have to work as hard with our hands, with our grip. We don't have to squeeze the bars as hard to get the bike to do what we want to do. It's that simple. So get on a good, like well-balanced strength and conditioning program. We'll get to the conditioning part, but training full body, like it's not complicated definitely don't avoid training the arms leading into the next tip is including mobility work so that's a big part of what we do on my race ready programs is we're not just getting stronger but we include loaded mobility exercises where we're loading end ranges of motion and we do include like a, a bit of passive stretching in there as well so we're our clients are getting, my clients are getting strong, but they're also improving their mobility. So we're not just like smashing out isolation work um, and not doing any mobility work. Like again, I mentioned on the last podcast, like on the Q&A podcast, like if you did just go into the gym and do bicep curls and get one of those gripper tools and that, that was your training, like, yeah, that's probably like, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that's probably not going to be helpful for arm pump. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about compound movements, full ranges of motion, loaded mobility work, including some passive stretching in there. So we're not working on limited ranges of motion. We're not working on just shortening muscles. We're working on lengthening and working on end ranges. So again, if our the other 164 hours a week that we're we're spending outside of a gym, if they happen to include lots of grip dominant exercises where we are creating tension like as a tradie, a mechanic, anything that is a grip heavy job where you are using your grip and your forearms or you're just like it's a repetitive motion with your upper body, then we can use those two to three hours in the gym each week to counteract that work some other ranges of motion, open things up, strengthen the opposing muscle groups, balance things out. That's what a good strength program will do. It will give you not more of the same thing you're doing, it will balance things out so your body doesn't become unbalanced and, and over like maxed out in one area. So it's not just the strength, it's working on the mobility at the same time so again it's pretty straightforward like it's not rocket science but 
that's how we do it on the race ready programs then again more physical stuff basic again aerobic capacity it's a no-brainer if your cardiovascular fitness is low your the intensity that you're probably going to hit when you go on a race is going to be above what you can tolerate so again it's going to be more difficult for you to get fresh blood and oxygen into the forearms and get that waste out so that's what we want to do we want circulation it's not the we don't get arm pump because we don't get arm pump because of too much blood coming in we get it because it can't get out because when there's an isometric contraction like if you sit there and squeeze your fist right now if you squeeze your grip as hard as you can feel your forearm it's tensed up blood it's very difficult for the blood to return back to the heart in that scenario so muscles are designed to work in a contract and relax if you if you let your grip go you'll feel your forearm go soft it's floppy that's what we want to be doing on the dirt bike anywhere we can we can relax our grip that allows the blood to go back to the heart removes the waste brings fresh blood and oxygen back in so we need to have a good level of aerobic capacity to do that and we need to be relaxing our grip to do that so again it's a no-brainer low-hanging fruit improving your aerobic capacity some base volume low intensity aerobic volume some intense some interval work some shorter higher intensity intervals some longer say two three even five minute intervals where you're working at it at a really high intensity it's pretty simple stuff do that consistently your aerobic capacity will improve number five now we're starting to get like onto the bike and into the race day stuff is bike setup. So go back and listen to that suspension podcast I did two episodes ago. At the end of the day, it is a big part of the confidence piece on race day is just knowing that we've got a setting in our bike or having confidence in the setting that we've got. Doesn't mean you have to change it every single time. It just means that you feel confident with the setting that's in your bike. And you feel confident that your tires are stuck to the dirt. Because when you have that feeling, you can relax. If you don't have that feeling, if you're like, oh, I'm going to tuck the front. Oh, is it, it's, there's no, oh, it's slippery. Then you tense up and it's easy to get arm pump. So bike setup, super important. Like I said, go back, listen to that other podcast if you want a bit more detail on that stuff. Then another biggie on race day that people just don't do, or they do an average job of, I would say, is a warm-up. A lot of these races at in Australia, the Vic Off-Roads, uh, and I think, yeah, the AORCs as well, because most, most of their cross-countries are VORCs anyway, you get to do a sight lap. So that's in that situation, that's probably like the best-case scenario. You get to do like 20 minutes on your dirt bike. And you don't you can just ride at your own pace so you're getting like the most sport specific warm-up you'll ever get <laughs> you still want to do some warm-up before you get on the bike in that situation but a lot of the races you go to like had as an example of one in australia obviously your gnccs in america there's no sight lap like they drop the flag and it's balls to the wall so if you're not warmed up if your heart hasn't 
started to pump blood around the body, it's like potentially it's going to be a lot more difficult when you go from zero to like 100%. So even if you've done, if you jump on a rower or a spin bike or even on go for a mountain bike ride or a road cycle ride, like if you just ride, start riding straight up a hill on your mountain bike or your road cycle, like that first few minutes is going to be hard. And then after five, 10, even like 15 minutes, it's like your heart rate starts to come down and you're like, fuck, this is actually pretty easy. I can maintain a good, a good solid pace now. That's what we want to do on in our warmer off the bike. So then when that flag drops, bang, we're good to go. It's not from zero to a hundred. It's like from 85 to a hundred. So again, it's not always logistically possible to do the warm up as close to the race start as possible. But ideally, if we could do it like within, within sort of 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes would be ideal. If you can't do that, you just got to do the best that you can do and do the warm up as close as possible. If the race gets delayed or whatever happens, just keep moving, like walking around, doing some body weight movements. Just don't sit still for too long and let that like you, your core temperature and, and your heart rate sort of come all the way back down to rest. Again, simple stuff. Most people don't freaking do it. And then they wonder why they blow up on the first lap or, or the, the first sprint or whatever it might be. Next one is nutrition. So pretty simple again, like wanna be fueled adequately fueled and hydrated so if you're like depleted in energy or you're depleted in electrolytes or dehydrated again it's just it's not you're not putting your body in the best position possible to perform at its true potential you're coming in in a deficit so again just comes down to day-to-day nutrition knowing your macros knowing you're hitting your calories every single day and also being hydrated So hitting enough hydration and bringing in enough electrolytes with that to ensure that you're coming into the start of the race topped off, no deficits. You've got a full tank just like your bike will have. Full tank of fuel, good to go. Then last one, we're circling back all the way to the start. It's mental. So why do plenty of people, they can train they can go to the track when there's no racing on and they're completely fine. They get to race day, their arms blow up. Why is that? I can tell you why. There's four big ones. One is just being stressed out. So for a lot of you guys listening to this, if you're working, if if you're not like a factory pro dude who just rocks up to the track and the, the, the semi rolls up with the bike and the parts and the mechanic, like it's 99% of people at the race, right? It's you, me, listening to this. You've got a lot of stuff going on. Maybe you're running your own business. You're trying to get everything organized to get to the race on the weekend. If that process isn't dialed and very calm, you can end up getting to race day being stressed out. And if you're stressed out about something else like your business or am I prepared did I bring this did I bring that I haven't done my meal prep fuck 
what does that do? It just creates tension and it takes focus away from the job at hand, which is racing our dirt bike on race day. So excess stress can potentially cause tension on race day. So ideally, when we come into race day, it's like we're perfectly, it's like we're calm, confident, ready, because everything was organized on Tuesday night. We did it all on Monday and Tuesday. So then we could just chill. We just chill all week and relax, do some mobility work, chill out, eat plenty of good food, relax because you know it's all done. All you got to do is just get there on race day, follow your process and have a nice calm feeling within yourself. So that's a big one, being stressed, being unorganized. Next one is being anxious, pressure of result. Are you anxious on race day? Are you worried about, am I going to win? Am I going to get the points for this championship? That can bring tension on race day. Fear. Am I going to get hurt? What if I crash? Another big one. And then, kind of the same thing, but doubt. Doubt, I would say, more comes from not thinking that you're ready. So you've got doubt with about your preparation. I haven't done enough. I haven't trained enough. I don't even know if the training I'm freaking doing is the right training. <laughs> I don't know if I've eaten enough food because I don't even know what I'm eating. I'm just eating random stuff. Don't even know what's in it. So there's doubt there. So again, that is the whole purpose of just all of that stuff that I just listed. Simple, low-hanging fruit stuff. If you know where you need to be with all of those things and you've ticked the boxes off week in, week out, what that, where that gets you to on race day is a place of confidence because there is no doubt. It's not about doing more. The dude beside you could have trained his ass off more, could have done twice as much training as you, but if he's unorganized, he doesn't know what, like he hasn't checked his sag for six months, he doesn't even know what's, in his, in his suspension setting, he'd been eating 1,500 calories a day, could have trained his ass off. You've trained half as much as him, but you've ticked all the boxes and in your own head, you are confident that you're ready, then you'll beat that dude who's trained more than you, who's lacking confidence. So again, it's just ticking all of those boxes gets us to a place on race day where we don't feel stressed. We don't feel anxious. We have no fear. We have no doubt because we know we've done everything within our own power and we've given ourselves all of the evidence that we need to believe that I don't get on. That's it. <laughs> it's pretty simple, really. That's where most people's I, like I truly believe if you break it down, most people's, the trigger or what's causing that, the, the stress, the anxiousness, the fear, the doubt is just a lack of preparation. Whether it be physical, mental, nutritional, the machine, the bike, whatever it might be, there's something in there that's lacking that's causing you to feel 
fear, tension, doubt, or anxiety on race day. And that's causing you to tense up. So if you are suffering arm pump, like chronically, again, chronically to the point that it's like it's holding you back every single time you get on your dirt bike or every single time you race, your job is to figure out what which one of those. It's probably all of them. You just need to work on all of those things and then be aware that every time that thought pops up that, oh, I get arm pump, you've got to catch yourself and tell yourself, no, I don't because I'm doing all of these things. I don't get arm pump because I'm training properly. I'm eating the right amounts of food. I've got my bike setup dialed. I've got my race day process dialed. So you've got the proof there to believe that you don't get arm pump. So that's it for this one. We'll keep it short and sweet. I hope there's some value in there for you. If you've got any questions on any of that, shoot me a DM, shoot me an email. Um, we'll include it on the next Q&A podcast episode. Otherwise, thank you all for listening. I appreciate you. If you got something out of this podcast and you feel like sharing it, that would mean the world to me. Appreciate it a lot. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next episode. Got a couple more dropping next week. Uh, if you're getting out to ride your dirt bike this weekend, have fun, shred it. We'll see you next week.